The following episode is a rerun of Keeping Up With The Current on 2MFM Muslim Community Radio. Keep up with the new, keep up with the important, keep up with it all on Keeping Up With The Current. Get your news fix for the day, stay informed and up to date with current affairs and the issues that matter. Nadia has you covered on Keeping Up With The Current. You're on Keeping Up With The Current. Nadia here. I'm always thrilled to be back on air with you and keep you company. Thanks for tuning in either via 92.1 FM through the Tom FM web or radio app. And World Continence Week is what we're focusing on today. The campaign highlights the impact that urinary incontinence can have on the lives of men and women while encouraging them to seek help so they no longer have to suffer in silence. One of the big ticket items this year is the Bins for Blokes initiative, which calls for the installation of incontinence bins in male public toilet facilities, which are very few around the country if you think about it. To get the convo started and to help spread the word about incontinence issues and the stigma surrounding it, I'll be chatting with Rowan Cockerell, Chief Executive of Continence Foundation of Australia, who'll be sharing some tips to help you prevent and perhaps manage any incontinence issues that you are experiencing, of course, for an improvement to your quality of life. Welcome back to the show. Now, you might think incontinence is something that only happens to women, precisely after pregnancy and childbirth. But most of you will be surprised to know that one in 10 Australian men are known to experience incontinence, which is an estimated 1.34 million men who are currently living with this condition in Australia. 57% of them will keep it from those who are close to them and 27% will stop going out because of it. For the men who live with this condition, their quality of life is severely impacted, leaving them unable to leave the house worry-free. They're left feeling embarrassed, isolated, depressed, and with very low self-esteem. Bladder or bowel incontinence is no walk in the park. But if you're one of every 10 men suffering with incontinence, know that you're not alone. Catch me for an interview with Rowan Cockerell from Continence Foundation of Australia, who'll be sharing some tips to help you prevent and maybe manage any incontinence you are experiencing to improve your quality of life. That's next on Keeping Up with the Current. <laughs>
لك ربنا الأعلى هو الوهاب والمولى تبارك ربنا الأعلى هو الوهاب والمولى تذللنا له أولى بنا يا صاحبي والله سعيد من ينال رضاك It's Nadia. Welcome back to Keeping Up with the Current, where we keep up, well, with the current. Keep up with the new. Keep up with the important. Keep up with it all on Keeping Up with the Current. Get your news fix for the day. Stay informed and up to date with current affairs and the issues that matter. Nadia has you covered on Keeping Up with the Current. 
Normally when we talk about urinary incontinence, we talk about it mainly from the perspective of a female due to the physical demands of pregnancy and childbirth. But bladder leakage is an unfortunate reality for thousands of men as well. The hardest part is that many sufferers, particularly men, won't talk about it or seek medical help because of the embarrassment they feel. This in turn can cause alienation, isolation, depression, anxiety and shame. Well, the psychological impact is huge, which is why Continence Awareness Week was established to improve awareness of incontinence issues, really helping sufferers take control of their bladder and provide them with the support that they need. For that, I'm thrilled to have with me Mrs. Rowan Cockerell, CEO of Continence Foundation of Australia, which is the peak body promoting bowel and bladder health. Rowan, pleased to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Now, urinary incontinence is a health condition that not a lot of people know about, despite it affecting over 5 million Australians. So explain to us in brief, what is urinary incontinence? So, look, urinary incontinence is uh, a loss of control of uh, uh, bladder and of urine so that people might have um, a, a little bit of leakage or sometimes for some uh, a lot of leakage but which, which they can't control. So... Um, while some people might give it a whole lot of different names, the name we use is that they have incontinence, urinary incontinence. Mm. It's a condition often associated with females, but quite a staggering number of men are faced with the struggles of incontinence as well. What are the common underlying causes of urinary incontinence and how do they differ between men and women? So we know that about one in 10 men and males experience incontinence and that's a staggering number even compared uh, with females and and I think it's something that we need to be working with men more closely to uh, to assist them in working through the issues. Uh, with men uh, some of the issues can be from a younger age group so it might be that uh, males have grown up with congenital abnormalities, um, behavioural conditions in childhood or you know simple things like medications can cause uh, incontinence. We know as um, people get older, we have, uh, as men get older, they may have prostate problems, including prostate cancer. But there's other sort of issues such as diabetes and cardiovascular disease, chronic conditions, even being a little bit overweight can increase the likelihood of, of someone who would normally have been okay may experience some bladder problems. So it can, ex- uh, can be exposed to quite a number of reasons why men may be experiencing problems. The problem is to find out what is causing my problems and how can I get help. Mm. Now, not only do many people have this idea that incontinence is something that only happens to women, but also they have this notion that it only happens to older people, but it's known to affect people of all ages. Absolutely, and we know that the greatest number of people in Australia that have incontinence problems are between 40 and 59 years old, so that's not really so old, is it? Mm. It's just that perhaps as we get older, it becomes more obvious, people become more dependent, and we become more aware as we assist some of our older uh, age group, our our family and loved ones, to to, uh, carry on a normal daily life while they need to manage their incontinence. So we've always seem to attribute it with uh, um, ageing, but this is not, not a, uh, a, a, at all true. It definitely is seen in old age, but it certainly is reflected in much younger years. Mm. But you could say that it gets worse with age. 
I think that if people can get help and be, um, you know, sometimes if at a much earlier age when they are starting to experience problems, they seek advice mm. from their GPs or from appropriate um, their <coughs> their health professional. They can sometimes be cured. They can be better managed and um, and have definitely a better way forward. People that ignore it or don't know where to go or don't want to talk about it may progress to having more severe problems as they get older. So certainly prevention or improvement would be much mm. better than just ignoring the problem. That's right. Now, all the types of urinary incontinence make you leak urine, but for different reasons. What are the diverse types of incontinence and how do they differ? Look, there's lots of different um, names and there's probably very sort of diagnostic terms, but I think that probably people can most relate to the symptoms and that is things like um, urge incontinence where you're um, wanting, you suddenly become aware that you need to go to the toilet, but you have very little time between knowing and needing to get to the toilet so that sometimes along the way, as you try to get to the nearest bathroom, you start to leak a bit of urine. Uh, some people experience, and probably more so in, in females, but certainly in both genders is that some people have problems when they cough or sneeze, mm. uh, particularly after childbirth, but some people after surgery may experience um, some weak pelvic floor issues, so uh, any pressure on the pelvic floor makes a little bit of leakage come mm. through. It's very common, you know, a lot of people are quite vulnerable to leakage when they cough, when they sneeze, or just when they rise from a chair. That's so if true. this happens a lot, does it mean that you have a weak bladder or suffer from incontinence? It's, it's not necessarily the bladder itself is weak. It could be actually also, uh, and that's why getting an assessed is really important, mm. but it actually could be the pelvic floor that actually supports the bladder. Maybe actually a little bit weak after childbirth or after surgery or if someone's um, a bit overweight, uh, pressure on the muscles that are holding the bladder up and supporting the bladder neck okay. may not be as strong as they used to be. So it's not a weak bladder per se, although mm. some people might have problems with the bladder muscle that again would have to be assessed but there's lots of reasons why and getting a set and talking about it with your GP and finding out what's causing your problems is the first step. Mm. So there are I guess a lot of primary factors that can contribute to incontinence. Now what about the type of food that we eat? Is it important uh, I guess to be mindful of your food choices in order to prevent urinary incontinence? Um, and for some men as well, they, their bladder becomes very sensitive to certain beverages. So is it best to keep away from soft drinks or sugary beverages, things like that? Oh, that, that sort of thing is always good for everyone to take on board, really. The sort of things to be a little bit aware of are all the good things that, you know, dietitians have been talking about for years. So avoiding sugary drinks for a whole lot of reasons, including weight, um, but also irritants such as um, everything in moderation or minimising it. It helps particularly if you're experiencing problems, so it could exacerbate an existing problem. Mm. Caffeine sometimes can cause... Uh, problems so people that find that they, after they've had a cup of coffee or late in the evening they find they're, they're getting up and going to the toilet frequently overnight. So there are ways of modifying things. Um, certainly from a diet point of view, a healthy diet is really important. Plenty of fibre, uh, having a regular um, bowel um, action, using their bowels every day or as a regular as possible also can improve bladder problems. So the issue is being healthy in a whole lot of ways is mm. a good start and a good way of uh, stepping in the right direction. Now obviously the general advice would be to increase our fluid uptake when it comes to drinking water but is the advice I guess 
different with those who suffer from incontinence? Are there any tips that can help them manage their fluid intake? Well, water is always the best to drink. Anyone would say that. Um, mm. So certainly from what type of fluids you drink, water is always good, but certainly other fluids is okay. I think the important thing is to drink enough fluids to max to to you know quench your thirst is what's really important. I think what we're trying to do is actually make it that people don't starve themselves of fluids because they're scared of having an accident mm, because that exactly. won't do them any good either. So it's about drinking enough not to be thirsty mm. um, and making sure their their urine is a nice pale colour. But uh, please don't hold off fluids because you're scared of having an accident. That should be looked at. Mm. What might be yeah. the repercussions of holding? I mean, I know with incontinence, it's hard, obviously, to hold it. But for you know, for people who do try to hold, what would be the impact of, of that on their bladder? Uh, look, I think that there's... Um, most of the time when people are having problems, um, they can't hold on. Um, people that go excessively long periods of time mm. um, might actually find their bladder overstretches, but that takes many years of the same problem and doing the same thing to that to have an impact on the on the bladder at all. So holding on is actually quite good, but usually everyone can hold anywhere between sort of two and maybe three hours, and mm. then they need to go. And that's making the assumption they're drinking as normal. So mm. anyone that doesn't go for <coughs> go to the toilet except you know maybe every you know half a day and has a bit of a dribble should get that investigated so mm. holding on is good to teach your pelvic uh, your bladder neck to, to to tense up and hold on but not for long periods of time so every you know we should be going to the toilet every you know two to four hours is actually okay depending on what you've grown up as and what's normal for mm. you exactly exactly mm. So we mentioned, Rowan, before that uh, there are different reasons as to why someone might develop incontinence issues. You know, let's say someone does go to the the doctor, the GP, how would the cause of incontinence be diagnosed? What's the step process of uh, the diagnosis? Um, Well, there's different ways GPs might actually do it. If they're feeling confident, they may ask the uh, the person to fill out what we call a bladder chart. So it actually, people can actually write down how frequently they go to the toilet and whether they get there in time so that the doctor can actually look at it. If the doctor's not as confident, they might actually, um, or feel they haven't got the facilities within their, their within their practice, is they may refer this person to a specialist or to a, um, uh, to a continent service that, so that that person can be assessed in a uh, experienced setting and the same process would be happening you'd exclude all the, the problems you might you might have an x-ray you may have a ultrasound you'd certainly do a bladder chart and then it would be assessed as what person um you know and with the symptoms there would start to be a story and that way a diagnosis can be made so mm. the gp may approach it in different ways depending on what he's able to do within his practice Mm, okay. And that goes as well with the, the different treatment available. Of course, the choice of treatment depends on the type of bladder control problem that you have, how serious it is, and what best fits your lifestyle. So nowadays, I mean, there are more treatments for urinary incontinence than ever before. So that's a big plus for many people. Uh, what are some strategies that can help men manage their incontinence to lead a normal life again? What type of treatment is available? Uh, what sort of behaviour changes is also recommended by health professionals and strategies that can help them gain bladder control? 
Well, it's quite a big question, but a, but a good one. Um, but basically, it depends on the type of incontinence and what you're trying to treat. So if it's a gentleman who's had a prostate operation and um, the specialists or the nurses are trying to strengthen the pelvic floor to bring the strength up around the bladder and neck again, then they would be doing pelvic floor exercises the same as women do it, but they might need to be taught how to how to do them. So there might be pelvic floor exercises. They might be taught how to hold on and do some toilet training so that you're actually holding on and increasing the capacity of your bladder. Um, and in the meantime, they might be given some products to use to just contain the problem, but the aim is that people can be cured wherever they can be and, and have a minimal amount of symptoms, uh, that's the intent of any sort of treatment process that you get to the best that you can be. Absolutely. There are different treatment opportunities out there. Although, you know, it is a huge problem and it can pose a, a huge uh, psychological issues for people, mm-hmm. but there is help available and, uh, you know, explore those different treatment options out there. Let's talk now about the emotional toll that this condition can have on men specifically. We know men are more reluctant to speak about this issue. How would you say it affects the way they see themselves? Does it affect their self-esteem? Oh, absolutely. We've got so much stigma around incontinence in general. Our, mm. um, you know, Australians and, and across the world, there's so much stigma related to bladder and bowel problems. It's one of our last bastions of privacy that we don't want to discuss these sort of things and declare to our, mm. our friends, our loved ones, what problems we might be experiencing. So if we don't talk about it and we only talk to the people that are in the small circle around us, it might actually start to restrict um, the, the, the gentleman from actually going out and, and uh, enjoying a quality of life that everyone else might be experiencing, such as going to the footy or going to the cricket, going down to the local shops because they don't feel confident that they'll be able to manage while they're out if they've got some bladder problems. So really important to um, try and remove the stigma around incontinence and talk about it. Number one, seek help if you can. Uh, go to your GP or you can ring our continent helpline which has nurses Monday to Friday, um, 8am to 8pm, and you can talk to the nurse and they'll let you know uh, where some services are around you and, and have a talk about what the issues are. It's all confidential. And look, the number for that helpline, just so that you know, is one eight hundred double three double zero double six. Mm. Um, and then if you seek the help, then you'll be more confident. And I guess that's what we're trying to do is let people know this isn't about, you know, it isn't just about ageing. This is, can affect anyone and any man and help is available and you just need to go and know where to look for that help. So GP, go to um, continence.org.au or ring the helpline and find out uh, where you can get some help. This is where our new campaign, Binge for Blokes, comes in. So um, that's an exciting campaign that we're trying to make people more aware of. So it's actually focusing on um, men and helping men so that they do get the confidence to go out. Absolutely. It is a huge topic. I mean, the psychological impact of incontinence can take a huge toll on men specifically. I mean, for for women, they're used to having to wear disposable sanitary products, but they won't get teased about it. However, for men, they will be very much looked down upon because of it. And that's due to the stigma associated with it. So would you say the overwhelming majority of men with urinary incontinence intentionally choose not to reveal this condition? about themselves to the people even closest to them so even their spouse uh, they choose to hide away from 
there's a very large number and I think it depends on who's in your circle and who you're prepared to share with. But what we do know is men's health-seeking behaviour is not good. Mm. Um, and what we're trying to do is profile it out there and talk out in the public uh, arena about it um, so that people and males can see that, well, maybe I can go and talk to my GP about it. Maybe I haven't explored all my options and maybe there is a better life that I can have and I can get out mm. and go and do the things that I want to do. I can understand why some men would want to hide it from the people closest to them. Embarrassment is one of the reasons why they're fearful of talking about it. But, you know, addressing it to their GP is also another issue, which is a huge issue. You know, there are a lot of men who are very reluctant to talk to their nurse or GP about the symptoms related to bladder problems. And then they would live their life with that condition being untreated, leading to even further health problems. So if they're not comfortable talking about this issue to you know, someone they know, it's more important that they talk to their GP about it because they can direct them to the appropriate support services that can help them. Oh, absolutely, but often we go to the GP when we've got a, a symptom or an ailment and need a script or need to have a referral and often, you know, these little issues or what seem to be little issues and are big issues at home mm. are, um, are, are forgotten or not dealt with in those very short um, consultations. So, again, it's about making the appointment for the incontinence problem and going talking about that problem is what we're trying to empower mm. um, them to do because there is help available or ring the helpline and find out what are the options that can happen. Mm. What yeah. can we do as a community to help overcome the stigma and break down barriers to allow men to feel more confident to actually be open about their condition? Well, exactly what we're doing today is actually making it publicly talked about and getting it on radio, getting it on TV, mm. um, having the campaigns. I mean, the bins for blokes campaign that we're running at the moment is about getting bins into male toilets because mm. we've taken for granted that females should have it in their toilets but we want to get uh, bins into male toilets so the issue is raising the profile of the problem saying it's okay to talk about it and getting people to commit to campaigns and pledge their support but actually understand that this is an important issue and that we need to give men the fair uh, and dignified approach to managing basically a health problem. Yeah, and I think it's really important that uh, this awareness campaign is not only focusing on raising awareness about male incontinence, but of course you've launched a Bins for Blokes campaign, which is an Australia-wide awareness and advocacy campaign, uh, promoting the installation of incontinence product disposable bins in male public toilet facilities. Um, We know disposable bins are pretty much located in every women's public toilet, but not so much for men, uh, and that causes an inability for them to dispose of their incontinence products in public. So what kind of challenges does it present for those men who need a sanitary bin but there are none in sight? So in that case, you know, for a man who's got incontinence, who goes to a public toilet, what kind of challenges would that present if there are no sanitary bins in sight? Well, we know that it's... um you know, when you just compare apples to oranges, it just doesn't seem right, does it? When you just say it's clear as that, we take for granted that females need uh, a product disposal bins so that they can do what is coming, you know, as part of something they can't control and that, that's expected. What we haven't fixed is the fact that men who are going out or want to go out need to know that there are bins that are available in their, 
in their toilets so that they can actually dispose of products should they need to um, so that they can get out confidently and get out with products and and feel that they're participating in normal daily life so Mm. i think that you've said exactly what the issues are is it's sort of a no-brainer really isn't Mm. it exactly equal equal access to the same problems that men may be experiencing as well yeah but why aren't disposable bins already in male toilets i mean we know this issue exists in australia quite a number of of men one in ten men actually suffer from this condition uh, you know, there are thousands and thousands of men. Roughly what percentage of male restrooms around Australia actually offer men a safe and environmentally friendly place to dispose of incontinence products? Very few. And that's mm. what we're trying to engage with local councils because they're the main provider of um, uh, provider of public yeah. um, toilets. So we're working with them and really bringing this to their attention. It's always been there, but this is what this campaign's about, is lifting it to the profile of everyone can see. But I think that also we're not just going to be working with local councils. We'll be looking at um, shopping centre providers mm. um, and, and local sporting uh, fields and arenas so that, um, you know, men can actually participate in all the things that they want to do because they feel safe to do so. So what can we do to help get disposable bins in male toilets? What is required of us and those who are listening at the moment? What can they do to actually make a difference? Well, if you didn't know about um, Bins for Blokes, um, then I'd go to Bins for Blokes, and that's four with a number four, so Mm. binsforblokes.org.au, and you can go on the website and find out a lot more about it, pledge support to the campaign and and support the campaign because you find it to be an important access. We've got a lot of information on that website, and the important thing is, uh, from our point of view, is it's also got all the information you need if you wanted to go and lobby in your own council for your own areas so that you, we're actually trying to support um, everyone in Australia to lobby as well as what we'll be doing to lobby their own communities to make sure that bins get put into male public facilities and that's really a win-win for men all around Australia. So get on the website, have a look, pledge support, raise your awareness, talk about it and ask questions because you often find that the people around you are experiencing problems but they've never shared it before. Exactly. And I think especially for those who suffer from incontinence, those men especially should be pledging their their support and nominating where they would like to see a bin for blokes, you know, a sanitary bin. You know, it's really important that uh, they do that. You know, they speak up. Those who are suffering themselves, you know, send emails to your local councils and and, and inform them about the necessity for, for this to happen, you know, because there are a lot of men who do suffer with incontinence. They face fear and embarrassment due to inadequate public facilities. And if there is something that can be done about it, we should stand together to help them achieve it. It's achievable, um, but we all have to work together to actually achieve it. Absolutely, and and this is all part of it, and and how you're actually getting it out to your listeners is really important. And get on the website, learn a little bit more, and know that those people that are experiencing problems, you are not alone, and there is help available. Absolutely. They should feel reassured to know that the majority of people who are affected by incontinence can be treated, can be better managed or even cured. So there is hope for everyone. And so Rowan Cockerell, CEO of Continence Foundation of Australia, thank you so much for providing your guidance and advice on this issue to help sufferers take control of their bladder today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. 
glad to have had that chat with Rowan Cockerell to help spread awareness for World Continents Week, which runs worldwide for this week, 21st until the 27th of June. So unlike other medical conditions, incontinence is not a life-threatening condition, but I guess the psychological impact of it is often underestimated. It's the mental and emotional impact of urinary incontinence that can be life-changing. Embarrassment, anxiety and depression are a significant part of, I guess, reducing the quality of life caused by this condition. So I guess the reason why incontinence has such a heavy psychological impact on adults, especially men, is this idea of them feeling like they're not in control, losing that sense of independence. You know, when kids reach a certain age, they recognise that they can control their sleeping pattern. They can control when and and what they can eat, uh, when they choose to go to the toilet. So they essentially acquire a feeling of independence and control over their lives. And this important initial stage of development prepares the child for the life ahead. But when incontinence is brought on later in life, this regression and loss of control may have serious consequences. A person's self-confidence can really be reduced by the inability to control the bladder and the encounter of problems like cleanliness, which is often accompanied by alienation from family and friends. So although incontinence is one of the most common medical conditions out there that affects a staggering 400 million people worldwide, hardly anyone actually wants to talk about it. I mean, if you don't talk about it, the people you actually care about who suffer with this condition, they won't be brave enough to seek help for it. So I really want to point out that it also affects those of you who want to make wudu and pray. So if incontinence is something that you do go through, it is best that you speak with a trusted, knowledgeable Muslim who can give you the right advice that you need about performing wudu and praying. So if you do want further advice on this issue, contact Darul Fatwa on 9793 or send an email to info at au. So considering that one in every 10 Aussie men suffer with bladder or bowel incontinence, it's time that we make public bathrooms more inclusive for them. It's time that we saw more of these continents, uh, disposable bins, made available for the fillers in their public toilet cubicles. As we heard in the interview, it's it's very sad to know that very few public toilets um, actually have disposable bins for men to place their continence products in. We know there is a huge availability for women, but for men, it's a totally different story. And what that means for them is that they have to actually carry their used products with them or they feel stressed about how they'll be able to throw them out. The fact is only 50% of men that have continence issues will not go out 
unless they know that there's a toilet that they can dispose of the, their sanitary products. And what's more concerning is the fact that a third of sufferers won't go out unless with family. And that causes a lot of social isolation. It stops a lot of men uh, with incontinence from socializing with family and friends, playing sport and just getting out and enjoying life. So the Bean for Blokes campaign focuses on calling for councils, businesses and sports organisations to install incontinence product disposable bins in male toilets. So as we said, you can do your part, you can help to do something about it by heading to binforblokes.org.au and support their campaign. Having bins installed in male public toilets will make managing incontinence so much easier and possibly help men feel more confident to get out and about. It's really important to get this conversation going, raise awareness and reduce the stigma for seeking support. As I said, many people are quite surprised to know that incontinence issues are not only experienced by women, but men as well, especially after prostate-related procedures. So if you're keen on more information, you're interested in joining the support for men uh, living with incontinence, head over to www.binsforblokes.org. That's with the number four. And you can also find out more about the initiative by heading to the Continents Foundation of Australia page. So I'm hoping today's episode of Keeping Up With The Current gave you a proper insight of how common the issue of incontinence really is in Australia. As I said before, most of you will be quite surprised to discover that it's not something that is experienced by women only. Although although the majority of sufferers are women, men account for 1.34 million cases in Australia. That's one in every 10 men and over one third of them are actually under the age of 50. So contrary to what most of you might think, this is not an issue that only affects the older generation. 
So let's continue to push for the installation of disposable bins in public toilets around Australia and more importantly, encourage more men, more males who are incontinent to get help and advice that they need. And with that, I thank you tremendously for tuning in to today's episode of Keeping Up With The Current. It's been an absolute pleasure delivering the contents of uh, today's show. If you missed out on today's episode, be sure to know that you can catch all the previous episodes on our SoundCloud playlist, Keeping Up With The Current. So don't forget to check them out. So good to have you guys on. Thanks for your company. Take care, guys. Keep up with the new, keep up with the important, keep up with it all on Keeping Up With The Current. Get your news fix for the day, stay informed and up to date with current affairs and the issues that matter. Nadia has you covered on Keeping Up With The Current. مطرح ما رحنا وجينا بعلم الدين الصافي دايما ضل Thanks for tuning in to a rerun of Keeping Up With The Current on 2MFM Muslim Community Radio.